Hello and welcome to the Sunshine and Pebble Cuts podcast. My name is Heather and I am your host. This podcast features two types of episodes which alternate. Sunshine ones offer inspiration drawn from nature, and in the Power Cut ones like this one, I share insights into my life living off the power grid. Do you have experience with alternative energies or living off the grid, or do you have questions? I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at sunpowerpod, or email me at hello at sunshineandpowercuts.com. The show notes for this and all the episodes are available on the sunshineandpowercuts.com website. First of all, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019. I want to do a quick recap of 2018 because the NIWA report for 2018 is out and the key figures that I always look for is the record of sunshine hours. For once, my region was not the lowest sunshine hours recorded for the whole of New Zealand. Hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! But it was definitely near the bottom. As expected, the Wider Nelson region recorded the highest sunshine hours at a total of 2,555. So if you're thinking of going solar in New Zealand, the top of the South Island near Nelson is the place to be. The average temperature for my region in 2018 was around 14 to 15 degrees Celsius, and apparently there was around 1,100 millimetres of rainfall. So far in 2019, the temperatures have definitely been warm and lately they've been warming up. Though where I am, we've recently had high winds and quite a cool breeze, which has been quite enjoyable. Other areas, though, are creeping up there and it's horribly muggy, so it's been a little bit uncomfortable. This episode has been a long time coming. With patrons, I shared a behind the scenes of the notes for this episode, and if they noticed, they will see the date when I first started this one which was some time ago in 2018. However, the plan was to record some statistical things and some data to capture for you to share some more information and hopefully add a bit of value. However, I did that for the past 14 days. So I started on the 1st of January and I've recorded the amp hours and kilowatt hours, the maximum voltage, whether the batteries got to absorb and floating and how long they absorbed and floated for. While I've been taking note of the readings on the regulator, as I was looking at them to prepare them for this episode, I realized something. The readings are variable. It's not a true representation of the total amount of power that I generate. Now, the fix for this would be if I had the hub that took all of the information from the batteries in the charge controller and sort of calculated things for me. What happens is the regulator will kind of record the amount of power that I generate, But if I use power, then it kind of inflates the figures, and if I don't use power, it looks a bit different. This is complicated, so you might need to refer to the show notes. (laughs) For example, on the 1st of January, when I look at the log on the regulator, it says that I've generated 599 amp hours, or 15.4 kilowatt hours of power. But what I've also been doing is recording the weather each day and New Year's Day was the first full day of sunshine clear skies since like the middle of December and because of that I was able to use a lot of the power that was being generated at the time which in turn results in the higher figures recorded. The past four days so up to when this podcast episode gets released the log shows that the system generated less amp hours and kilowatt hours but that the batteries were able to get to absorbed and floating stages. 
Now, there are several stages of charging. The main one is a bulk charge when the power is pumping into the battery bank. When the system gets to the final 5% of charging the battery bank to full capacity, it moves into the absorb stage, and this one is a sort of slower process that usually lasts around an hour or so. And once the battery bank is fully charged, it moves from absorb into floating, and this literally means that the power being generated is keeping the charge floating at the maximum which in turn means that you're generating more power than you're using, and in essence, you're technically wasting power that could be used up. So, on day one of the first day of January, I made 599 amp hours because plenty of sunshine and I was using it. I also recorded the activities I did that day. I had the washing machine going, the dishwasher going, not all at the same time, the electric for the hot water cylinder, I think I vacuumed, and I used a lot of power an absolute huge amount of power that I used. As the days got cloudier, then I wasn't able to use as much. And also I had some days where I was sick, so I didn't use any power at all, really. And on those days are when the amp hours are less, but the batteries got to absorb and floating stage. In fact, on the 12th of January, I made 250 amp hours, which is 6.8 kilowatt hours of power, The batteries absorbed for one hour and two minutes, and then they floated for five hours and 18 minutes, which basically means I wasted five hours and 18 minutes not using the power. So I have this awkward thing where I kind of can't measure how much power I actually generate, and I also can't measure how much power I use because I don't have a meter that does that. So when people ask me whether it's enough or not, it depends. The weather changes and fluctuates throughout the day. What I use the power for will fluctuate and I kind of, my whole life revolves around that. So I have to be a very flexible person. Now, I also looked at power usage in terms of people on the grid. And apparently in New Zealand, the average home uses about 7,106 kilowatt hours of electricity per year, which is approximately like 19.46 kilowatt hours per day. This will vary quite significantly depending on the region of New Zealand they live in, how they heat the water in the home. For example, in Canterbury and Southland, they record the highest residential consumption using about 8,300 kilowatt hours per year. But for the average home using about 7,106 kilowatts, the cost of that power can be around $2,100 per annum. My power cost for 2018 was under $1,600. So that might help give you a comparison. And my power costs include maintenance on the generators and fuel for the generator. So, so far in the 14 days of January, I've made a bunch of power. There was about 10 out of the 14 days where we had sunshine, the rest with thick cloud or rain. And some of those days I was unwell, so I didn't actually use what I could have used uh, because the sunshine was out and I was unwell and not able to use it. In other news recently, the front paddock that I have, my section is about two acres and one of, I have a front paddock, which I let the grass grow along for hay. And we were able to make hay while the sun shines. We cut the hay and then it rained the next day, but it wasn't enough to really soak the grass. So it dried out again and we were able to bale 16 bales of hay out of the front paddock, which was awesome. It's been stored in a shed and will be fed out to some cattle later this year. In terms of growth relating this episode to Sunshine episode 25, I have an organic orchard. In the top triangle segment of the back corner of my property, I have an orchard, which is organic. It's kind of like survival of the fittest out there. 
<laughs> However, it's amazing. In the six years, we've had a really good run of fruit from it. And there's a mulberry tree in the very top corner of the paddock, which for this year, 2019, has got some mulberries on it for the first time in six years, which is awesome. In terms of fruit trees, we have a Fijoa tree, several types of pears, including Peckham pears and Nashi pears. We have eating apples, including Granny Smith, or you could count as a cooking apple, as well as some other cooking apples, a persimmon tree. We have plums, including black taurus plums and prune plums, which are my favorite. We have an apricot tree, a nectarine, and a peach tree. And yeah, it's going really well. Earlier in spring, I shared some pictures on Instagram at SunPowerPod of the buds on the trees and some of the fruit. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you what's happening now because they've definitely got a lot of fruit on the trees and I'm hoping that we'll not lose it to bad weather the birds or wasps so keep an eye on Instagram and I will share that with you I want to know too if you have ever made jam or done bottling or anything like that and let me know how it's gone I've in the past had enough to share around the neighborhood and definitely had stewed apple and stewed plums and things like that so looking forward to the possibility of the fruits of the orchard i've got one last thing for this episode and it's a fun news story i actually receive email news updates from a website called reneweconomy.com.au and it's an australian website that focuses on clean energy news analysis and climate policy australia i've mentioned before are doing great things in the solar industry compared to new zealand and an article in it today caught my eye the title of it caught my eye and it was called duck solar charge puts energy market transition on the fast track now australia has a national electricity market and there is coal hydro and gas which kind of like the main fuels of electricity but what they have in this article is a graph of megawatts of power used over a 24-hour period and the resulting lines look like the outline of a duck at the peak of the day is when the least power is consumed, but when the most solar power is generated, and therefore it could lead to a risk of overgeneration of power. The maximum consumption of power is in the evening from 5pm to 8pm, in which the demand is for like 13,000 megawatts of power in a short space of time, like three hours. So solar is rapidly expanding as a form of electricity production in Australia and it will continue to grow and there are commentators predicting that solar power will become acknowledged as an upcoming mainstream supply to the national electricity market. But what it does is, because I mentioned that there is a risk of overgeneration of power in the middle of the day when solar is at its peak, it hollows out the price during that point of the daylight hours during the day when it's most productive and therefore it changes the shape of the market to what is known as a duck curve. And this one's particularly funny because one of our wonderful patrons is Angry Ducky and he is a great member of the Discord server as well. So I just wanted to share that with Ducky and with the rest of you. <laughs> I've got a link to the article in the show notes of this podcast and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you in the Power Cut episodes this year. And until next time, be empowered by nature.